I'm Jack Cacciarello. And I'm Aaron Parnas. And this is Zoomed In. On this week's episode of Zoomed In, Aaron and I start off by hitting the headlines, talking about two of our least favorite senators and Ron Johnson and Rand Paul. After that, Aaron and I discuss President Biden's big speech on voting rights in Georgia and what that means for the prospects of those two voting rights acts going forward. After that, Aaron and I will be talking about how you can get involved with your local Democratic Party as a young person and what steps you can take to be more politically involved. And finally, Aaron and I finish up as we always do with Tweets of the Week. Aaron, ready for the show? Jack, I'm so ready. So let's just jump right in and hit the headlines and talk about the big news coming out of Senators Rand Paul and Senators Ron Johnson. So for those of you who are listening and who don't know what happened, so first Ron Johnson, and we got to take them separately because they're both crazy separately. Ron Johnson first said that um, last week that vaccines questioned the efficacy of vaccines and claimed that why should we make something that God can do? And then recently um, decided to run for a third term, even though he promised uh, voters in 2016 that his second term would be his last. And then Rand Paul, on the other hand, was just absolutely demolished by Dr. Fauci on live television um, in a Senate hearing. Um, And we will talk about that in a second. Let's talk about Ron Johnson. One beautiful to watch and then one beautiful to watch and and, uh, Dr. Fauci obviously dunking on Rand Paul and uh, one not so beautiful to read. And that is Ron Johnson declaring his run for a third term in the Senate. And Aaron, do you know where he did that? He did it in the Wall Street Journal, which doesn't surprise me because that's where he's speaking to his audience. Fun fact, actually, uh, Ron Johnson's Madison office is on Wall Street in Madison, Wisconsin, because that is who he is focused on. He is focused on serving the millionaires and the billionaires who fund his re-election efforts in Wisconsin, not the state as a whole. Um, This is a big race, and this is maybe a little unexpected, maybe a little expected. Uh, We didn't really think that he was going to follow his word, but Wisconsin, not only is it one of the most important states in 2022, but it's one of the most winnable in this Senate election. There are five or six candidates running on the Democratic side to oppose him. And, you know, whoever is going to be coming out of that race uh, has has a big opponent, but a, but a beatable opponent uh, in Ron Johnson. So, Aaron, what are your thoughts? Is this good news for Democrats? Is this bad news for Democrats that they're fighting, you know, a, a face that a lot of people in Wisconsin don't like? Or what's your take? My take is I honestly think it's a, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, personally, Ron Johnson running again is not great news for Democrats because he has almost universal name recognition in Wisconsin. Um, he's been a senator now for about to be uh, almost 12 years. Oh, wow, that's a long time. Um, but he has universal name recognition. He's very well known. And although he does have his crazy things, um, he has been somehow reelected. Um, and he was elected the first time reelected against both good Democratic challengers. So He's a very tough out. Um, He's going to raise a lot of money. He's going to be blasting over the airwaves. He's going to get the votes. And it's going to be a race that's going to be decided by less than a point or two. It's going to be tiny. It's going to be very close. So with that being said, there is the opposite side of it, which is the fact that Ron Johnson's crazy. He's nuts, yeah. And we could always bank on him to say some crazy things. Um, So if you had a rational Republican running, I would say that's going to be boring for Republicans and they might win because... He's just rational, reasonable, normal. Ron Johnson is the complete opposite of that. So we're going to have to see. But I will say he's not, it's not going to be an easy race by any means, but it's going to be one of the best opportunities for Democrats to win next year or this and, year. Yeah, you talk about knowing that Ron Johnson is crazy, and we do. You, I think the way to put it perfectly is we can bank on the bullshit. We can count on it happening. But that can't be our only message. And we know that as Democrats of what we saw in Virginia, we can't just say, 
connected to Trump, Trump this, Trump that, crazy, insane. Um, it's not the only thing that works. We got we to gotta mix it a little bit in. So going to kind of what I was alluding to earlier, Ron Johnson in 2010, he ran as a, as a businessman and that's why he was mm-hmm. running. Um, and we've seen him shift from just being a, just a businessman to kind of a corporate sellout. Um, Ron Johnson was one of the only six senators who voted against surprise medical bills. Uh, Ron Johnson is an advocate uh, of, in the, of the highest order in the Senate to protect uh, tax loopholes for billionaires and millionaires who fund his campaign re-election efforts. And we have to make sure that we're talking about his corruption in, uh, as well and how he kind of forgets about the state largely and is just focused on the people who are you know, stakeholders and, and donating lots of money to his, his super PAC. So our message as Democrats can't just be that he's crazy and he's nuts. He is. We know that. But we have to talk about how he's failed the people of Wisconsin over sure. and over and over again. And that is going to be critical. So, you know, now let's we've said that we're going to talk about Rand Paul. Obviously, we have to. What happened with Dr. Fauci, Rand Paul, another failure himself, but not uh, not Dr. Fauci, because he delivered a slam dunk today. Aaron, do you want to talk about what happened? Yeah, no, Dr. Fauci, that, that was pretty funny. Um, so on national television, uh, Dr. Fauci came with the receipts um, and Dr. Fauci showed Rand Paul. Um, a screenshot from Rand Paul's website where Rand Paul is saying fire Fauci and fundraising off of it. And Dr. Fauci completely called him out for being political um, and trying to gain score political points and get money um, out of an epidemic, out of a pandemic. So great on Fauci. Uh, Rand Paul, whole new character, but I'm not going to spend my breath talking about Rand Paul. And the reason why is because Rand Paul is going to get reelected. He's, that's not a winnable race for Democrats. Democrats need to understand that. We have a great candidate running against him, Charles Booker, but that's not a winnable race. We don't need to worry about Rand Paul, but you know it brings up an important point that we need to be calling out Republicans for. And we saw this in Florida as well, where Ron DeSantis, instead of focusing on the pandemic, instead of focusing on a million COVID, rapid COVID test kits that he let expire, instead of focusing on the pandemic in the state, he is focusing on selling don't Fauci my Florida merch, beer koozies. He's selling t-shirts and tank tops and all of this stuff because that's what he's focused on. He's focused on profiting off of this pandemic instead of helping the people of Florida. And that has to be something that we're calling out these Republican governors, senators, Congress, uh, members of Congress for as well. And honestly, let me tell you something, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that they're doing it. Um, And I'll call them out on the Republican side or on the Democratic side. You want to play politics with with people's lives. Um, you should not be in office. Um, I don't care where you're from um, or what political party you're from. So at the end of the day, uh, we need to call out this misinformation and this hyperbolic language when we see it. And unfortunately, we see a lot of it in Florida coming from the governor and his communications team. But we also see a lot of it in the United States Senate. Um, and we need to do more. Uh, and as citizens, we need to call it out. But I will say, and it, we've been in a pandemic for almost two years. Uh, it's going to be two years on March 14th. COVID season three. COVID season three. We need to understand that COVID is going to be with us for a very long time. Now, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I do read studies and I do listen to doctors. And it's almost universal group think at this point that COVID is just not going to go away. It's not going to go poof, as Donald Trump said. It's not going to happen, right? It's not going to be wiped away. We can't just inject some bleach and it goes away. Can't um, just take some horse dewormer. No, drink we your can't own do urine. that. <laughs> you can't do that. But you can take a vaccine to protect yourself. Some people will get, most people will get immune, immune, immunity. Others will still maybe test positive and have a breakthrough infection, but will just face symptoms that aren't as severe, which is great. 
But because we know COVID's not going to go away, we need to get back to normal life. Um, now, it's not going to be normal like the pre-pandemic life, um, because obviously a lot's changed over the past couple of years. But we need to find a new normal, uh, a way for citizens to, to just get back to work, to get back to school, um, and to really rebuild this economy. Uh, because until that happens, and into, at, at first, so for as long as we're talking about COVID, the right's going to make it political, the left's going to make it political. And, then, and at the end of this day, citizens don't care. Um, you could poll 100 people in America about whether or not COVID is in the top three of their issues right now, 20% will maybe say yes. The other 80% are more worried about gas prices. They're worried about their kids um, being in school, kids being in school, food on the shelves, um, and wages and voting rights, right? Like they're, they're worried about so much more. Um, and as Democrats, our message cannot be COVID, 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 because it, Republicans are right. Joe Biden promised he's going to end the virus. Virus isn't going anywhere. So it's not going point, anywhere because of Republicans. And, and there's two things that you correct. mentioned. It's not going anywhere because of the Republican Party. And, and, there's, and so there's two things that you mentioned that I want to get to in a little bit. But you bring up an interesting point. So doctors think, and of course, we're not doctors, but that COVID is going to become endemic like the flu. It's going to be a virus. It's going to be like the cold that it's going to be around. It might be a seasonal thing. We don't know. We're not medical experts. But in this return to like a new normalcy, obviously to slow the spread, obviously to keep people um, out of hospitals, we would like to see the Republicans who aren't vaccinated. Of course, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated getting vaccinated. And so I, I saw an interesting poll uh, this week that said, um, so the question was, would uh, like, would you get vaccinated? And you know, people mm -hmm. gave their answers. Yes, no, yes, no. And then it was, would you get vaccinated if Donald Trump told you to? And there was a 7% increase. And you know, 7% in the entire population of Republicans in this country, that would make a huge difference. But that seems pretty small as compared to the number of Republicans that would take horse dewormer or drink their own urine or listen to Joe Rogan and say they're immunized like Aaron Rodgers instead of like actually getting vaccinated. So do you think that there's any messaging left that President Biden can do that anyone really can do at this point? to make sure that in this new normal, there are more Americans getting vaccinated and protecting themselves. So this transition isn't gonna cost so many lives and gonna hurt us so much. Like, do you think that there's anything left to be done with COVID vaccine messaging? No, um, and, and the reason why is because we're at a point where the vaccine has been out for everyone, for, all, uh, for consumers to use for, I think it's now been seven or eight months. It's been a while. It's been a long um, time, yeah the message of get a vaccine, get a vaccine has been put on the airwaves, TV, print, social media, um, rallies, you name it. it Trump tries been, to say it at his rallies. And Trump tries to food. say it. Right. It's been, and so that's why, like, that's why, is there anything really that we can do? Like, no. And, and the, the answer is no, because people who want to get vaccinated have already gotten vaccinated or will get vaccinated. People who don't want to get vaccinated they don't want to get vaccinated. Fine. I don't care. That's your body. That's, that's your choice. You can make that decision. You don't have to get vaccinated, but then you're going to face the consequences. If you get COVID and you end up in a hospital on a ventilator, that's not on me. We warned you, right? Doctors warned you. So I'm at the point where if you don't want to get vaccinated, so be it. But remember, Jack, there's, there's hundreds of thousands, if not over a million people in America who are not vaccinated fully, who don't believe in vaccines. Um, I would say, I don't know about, the, I, I, and this is just me throwing out numbers out there, but tens of millions of people every year don't get the flu vaccine. Yeah. So it's, it's, not, it's not like 
being unvaccinated is super uncommon. Yeah, it's not common in like the daily life, but like there are people out there who are not vaccinated and nothing you say to them is gonna change their minds. Nothing you say to the people that think vaccine causes autism is gonna change their minds, right? Like that's not gonna happen, so. Science is gonna work. The misinformation that we talked about coming out of Ron Johnson, Rand Paul, or like, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think it has become more powerful than any message potentially from those people as well. Like, obviously we know that there's nothing that's going to be done from them. They're not going to say anything. And at this point, I don't feel like Trump will either because he doesn't want to get booed. We saw Ted Cruz on like groveling to Tucker Carlson because he didn't want the Republican base to be upset that he said that the people who attacked our Capitol on January 6th were domestic terrorists. He had said it multiple times. And now he's trying to go back on his statement because all they care about is their base. And so they're not going to be doing the messaging and if President Biden's messaging is just going to fall flat, no, of course he's the president. It's a message that he cares about and he knows that is important. He will continue to say it. But at this point, it just doesn't look like it's going to work or it's going to make a bit of a difference. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah. It's going to stay that way. And, the, and see, the thing is, Jack, you ask what the best messaging is for these people. The best messaging people, uh, the best messaging is actually the COVID itself. Because if these people get COVID, almost always, I mean, not almost always, but Whenever you see severe cases of COVID in the unvaccinated, you also see news reports, videos pop up of these people saying, like, can I get I a vaccine? I, can I get a vaccine? I wish I got vaccinated. See, that's and like, I don't want to see and, anyone in the hospital. And so sadly, like, sick. sadly, I, I would love to see like, a, like, I don't want to say commercial, like an ad, something saying a public service announcement saying like, here are people who were previously against getting vaccinated. They had COVID. They wish they had. But again, that 7% was the only change and, and like I, I talked about the poll that uh, of Trump saying, if, if Trump had told you to get vaccinated, would you? 7%. Now again, 7%. That's great. But you would expect it to be a much larger number. And that's just a poll. That's not actually those people going out and doing it. You don't know how, right. how truthful that is. Like I, the messaging might just not be there. And so you're right. This may have to be the new normal. And when we're talking about that new normal, an important thing you know, that both of you, uh, you and I understand as young people is how COVID has affected schools, right? So I'm at school right now, I'm in college, and uh, we have seen a pretty big outbreak uh, at Dartmouth of COVID cases of Omicron. It's, you know, it spreads like wildfire. And so I think we're at about 500, 400 active cases on campus. And of all tests that have been taken, all COVID tests, you know, people test a lot. I've tested multiple times since I've been here, want to stay safe. Um, 9% have come back positive. It's a pretty big number. It's funny, like, it, it's higher than our acceptance rate. Like it's right. a, like, it's a big number. Um, so like, there's been a lot of calls that, Hey, maybe we should all just go home, but that's kind of the minority at this point. And I think that's not the accepted view of most students because there are, there's a lot of protocols that we can put in place that make students feel just as comfortable. So my professors, one of them has said first two weeks, cause I know this is going to spread. We're just going to stay online, but everyone else has said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. You can come to class if you want to, or you can do it on your computer. I will set up a Zoom link. So those who want to be in person can be in person. And those who want to feel more comfortable in their dorms, that's completely fine. So we are masking in the classroom. We are you know, COVID testing as often as possible. Students want to be in schools. Now, we saw in New York City this week that there was a walkout at a high school of students saying, you know, we don't feel comfortable being in the classroom. And so we think we should be online. But as someone who is doing school right now and much prefers to be in the classroom because it's better for my mental health, it's better for me to pay attention, I, I think those people are in the minority. So, you know, obviously 
your last, what was it, a couple months of law school, you were online. What is your take on this issue of whether students should be you know, at home taking online classes or they should be in the classroom? I mean, my take is that we have to be in person. And my take is that students have to be in person um, and classrooms need to stay open and schools need to stay open because we cannot be the generation that's left behind intellectually. We cannot be the generation that loses not just one year, which has already been lost, but two years or three years um, from not being inside a classroom, learning social skills, not just intellectual skills, right? There's so much more to school than just books and learning. You have students learn how to interact with others. Students learn how to share, how to right from wrong. There's so much. And also the burden that this places on parents to have to homeschool children when parents have to go learn earn a wage um, and their employers are forcing them to go in the work and work because most jobs are in person again. That places an unnecessary burden, a, a higher cost on parents, a higher cost on students when we know and studies have shown that the variant, especially in COVID in general, does not affect children as much as it does those over the age of 35. If you're under the age of 18, if you're under the age of 12 and you get COVID, yeah, you're gonna have flu-like symptoms and it, and it sucks. But the studies have shown that it's not, a, a severe illness is rare, is very rare. It's almost as rare as the flu in that case, actually. Um, so yes, I think schools need to be open. I think students need to be in the classrooms. And I think our messaging from, and most of my friends and most young people I know agree, well, schools need to be open. As far as work, work I don't think needs to be in person. I think work needs to have the option of being at home. Um, being a lawyer and being able to work from home and have hearings on, uh, remotely is amazing. And it's honestly, it's been so helpful. But I wouldn't have been the lawyer I am today if I had full Zoom school of law. I had three months of it. And it's, it's like, I learned, I learned literally nothing in those three months. I mean, I was less focused than I ever was inside the classroom. And I universally, I would say probably 95% of people would agree with me. Yeah. So. I, you know, in my online classes now, my parents listen to the podcast, so I don't really want to say this, but yeah, I'm, I'm checking Twitter. Like I'm not fully paying attention and, that, and that's true for all people. So what needs to happen now is school boards and, and administrators need to do everything they can to help schools and support yes. schools during this time. So, you know, if teachers need, you know, sometimes remote, sometimes in person, if, if, students want to go back and forth and sometimes be at home and sometimes, but we have to have like the capacity for students who want to be in school learning and doing it safely. So we have to focus on the safety protocols of being in school and what we can do to help them first to make sure that students can, you know, like truly like our mental health at like, yeah, at stake here. Like it's, it's very difficult as a student to just be like trapped in your yep. room all day and like the same rut of like school online when you're like basically not paying attention. And we've had, we've had too much of that, you know, in the past two years. And no, I agree. And we need to, we need to be focused on students and we need to be focused as well on what we can do to help teachers during this process. 100%. So if we, if we need to socially distance classrooms, fine. If we need to require masks in schools, fine. If we want to put those glass plexiglass barriers on this, each desk, fine. But do that. It's so much better than being at home in front of a computer. Um, at least you're in with in front of people. At least you have other people. So I agree. School should be open. Yeah, help um, your help your teachers, help your classrooms, help your students. Don't like, don't hurt them by sending them home. Exactly. Uh, and and you know we're we're talking about health right now. We're talking about COVID, and that makes me think of two awesome sponsors of the Zoomed In podcast that I want to talk about. So let's talk about those right now. 
So Aaron, our first sponsor is a product that I know we both use every single day because it is absolutely amazing. Yeah, Jack, Athletic Greens is honestly one of the best products out there. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. And you know, honestly, I've been using Athletic Greens now for a couple of weeks and I've noticed a real difference. Now, I listen, my hair, I, I, you may notice I have a receding hairline. It's really bad, but I've been using Athletic Greens and my barber says my hair looks better than ever. So I don't, listen, I, and I don't know if Athletic Greens helps hair loss or not. I'm not allowed to say whether they are or not, but it works for me. Aaron, and in general, I'm not, not going to comment on your receding hairline, but I'm going to agree with you that, that AG1 is fantastic AG1 for is all fantastic. things. For, so, for all things, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. your, your hair is great. Don't worry about it. You look, you look fantastic, Aaron. Well, we're not going to talk about that right now. But right now, what we are going to talk about is why it is time to reclaim your health because you need to arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition that is Athletic Greens, especially heading into the flu and cold season and Omicron surging right now. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. That's it. No need for a million pills and supplements and all that stuff to look out for your health. All you need is one scoop of AG1. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you need to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash zoomed in. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash zoomed in to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So go get you some AG1. So continuing to hit the headlines, a big story that we have seen this week is President Biden and Vice President Harris traveled to Georgia, Atlanta specifically, to talk about voting rights. So they both prepared two speeches to talk about the importance of passing voting rights and what they mean for our country right now. In this moment, the two bills that we want to pass, the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Now, there was a little bit of controversy that surrounded this event because uh, a, a several voting rights advocacy groups in Georgia decided to boycott the event uh, to, to show their, they're upset right now. We expected voting rights passed sooner. We expected more action by the Biden administration, and that has not come. So I want to read two statements that I thought were really important. That's, <clears throat> so these activists said, we don't need more photo ops. We need action. And that action is in the form of the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, as well as the Freedom to Vote Act. And we need that immediately. Also putting out a statement saying, we need legislation that will ensure that our democracy accurately reflects the growing diversity of the state and this country. Mr. President and Madam Vice President, we beg you to ground that plane the same way that we continue to beg you to ground the planes of so many of our community members who are being deported because we still lack a pathway to citizenship. So there was a lot of calls to action there. Um, and this boycott, a lot of headlines were made. So Aaron, what's your take on the whole thing? I mean, listen, I understand where the groups are coming from. That's their job. They're doing their job and they're one issue groups, single issue groups. So they need to fight for that issue, but they can't blame Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for all these failures. They, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris can only do so much. They need to put their blame not on the president and the vice president, but rather on Congress. Congress is the only body who can pass a pathway to citizenship. 
President Biden cannot do that via an executive order. If he did that, the Supreme Court would overturn that immediately. Um, Congress is the only body that can pass protections for voting rights. If Joe Biden tried to do that, the Supreme Court would overturn him immediately. That's just the way our system works. And instead of having all this strife with Joe Biden um, and causing and putting political pressure on him, put some political pressure on Joe Manchin, another Joe. Put some political Joe. pressure different on Joe. Yeah, different Joe on Kirsten Cinema, on others in the Senate. Um, because let me tell you something: voting rights are not going to pass if filibuster is not carved out. Um, the entire Senate does not. I mean, all fifty Democrats don't agree. And after Manchin and Cinema, there are more Democrats who don't agree with necessarily removing the filibuster. There are others. So it's not just a Manchin and Cinema problem. You have to really, really focus on them. The legislature is the only body that can do this. Um, and it really, honestly, like, I get what they're doing, but it pisses me off when groups boycott Biden's speech. Democratic groups do that because it's causing internal political fighting for Democrats. And that doesn't look good, especially with the midterm election. That's naturally suppressing our own vote. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, this may in some eyes be a political photo op. So what? I'm okay with Joe Biden taking a political photo op because his approval ratings are not great. They need to be raised. If he's taking a political photo op, calling, up, calling out um, senators to pass a carve out on the filibuster, that's okay for me because he's doing that on national television in front of millions of people and millions of people are going to see what he stands for. And if they like what he stands for, but they don't like what Congress stands for, then they're going to change Congress. They're not going to change him. Um, and at the end of the day, President Biden has to be reelected still. So I. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up the point. These are groups that want to get their stories out. They want to get their headlines and, and, and they should. But I don't really think that this is the way to do so. So, you know, when President Biden decided that he didn't want to extend relief for student debt into the new year, what did we do, Aaron? Young people, people all over the country banded together. There was a strong online push and President Biden saw it and he took action. Right. So. Us getting together and rallying and organizing behind an issue like that can work. But do you know why it worked? Because President Biden could do something, right? He can't exactly do something here, right? You can't do it. Right. What he needs to do with voting rights is put pressure on Joe Manchin. And he's put pressure on Kirsten Cinema. He was in Georgia yesterday on Tuesday to say, hey, I support a call, a carve out in the filibuster, right? That's what he was doing. He said, for voting rights, carve out the filibuster, check. Let's do it. Let's get it done because he wanted to show his support for that as the leader of the party and get Democrats behind that message. So let's get all Democrats behind that message. And if we're putting right. pressure on anyone, like you said, it should be Cinema, it should be Manchin, and it should be other Senate Democrats who don't necessarily support that carve out or a little on the fence. We need to be putting good political pressure on them saying, hey man, we're gonna be real happy if you do this. So let's get it done, right? The, the Democratic Party of Arizona was like, super vocal about saying, hey, Kirsten Sinema, uh, if you vote against big, the Build Back Better, we're going to have some serious issues with there. There was a censure possibly that could have been involved because they wanted to show what they uh, what was important to their party. And that's what we need to do as Democrats. We need to support Joe Biden and we need to call out Democrats who are not getting stuff done. No, and no. But we need to support each other and we need to support the president's agenda and we need to support the president because at the end of the day, yeah, call out Joe Biden all you want. But in 2024, the product of you calling out Joe Biden all the time is going to end up with Ron DeSantis being the president of the United States. Call him out when there's a reason. To call right? Like, right. Call like, him out when, because what's I, worse? Well, we understand, like, Aaron, did you not, and maybe you didn't, I, I sent out a tweet saying, hey, I support President Biden. I voted for him happily. I was excited. I campaigned. I did everything I could to make sure that Joe Biden was elected. But I'm going to call him out when I think he's wrong. And I did 
on the issue of student debt relief. Same. But again, this is you did it as well because it's important to us. So is voting rights. But there's not a lot that he can do right now, right? Well, I he agree. can't do anything. So he needs to be putting pressure and Democrats need to be working together. So we agree on that. That is important. And what is awesome is we're going to talk about right now what you can do as a young Democrat to actually make, make that action. So Aaron, what can you do? Young people, I'm pissed. I want to see some voting rights. Let's get this shit done. Like now, what can I do? How can I channel my energy and my effort? Not to just like to boycott something, but I, where, where can I go to make some action happen? So one is volunteer for your local democratic organization. I mean, people get riled up and everything in election years, but you have to understand elections are won and lost 10 years before they actually happen. The infrastructure we, we're building now aren't, isn't for 2022. 2028, 20, it's for 2030, it's for a while because the voters we register today are gonna be lifelong Democrats. If we don't register voters today, we're gonna lose for decades to come. Um, so yeah, so volunteer for local democratic organizations, volunteer for local voting, uh, uh, voting organizations. Um, in Florida, we have a great organization called Me Vicino, whose ultimate goal is to register more Hispanic voters in Florida. And when I get back to Florida, I'm in DC right now, I'm gonna go volunteer and register some voters with them. Why? Because it's important, because we need all hands on deck. It's important to talk and call people out, but it's so much more important to actually do the work on the ground. If you're just on Twitter all day, and there are plenty of people on, uh, that do this. They're just on Twitter all day, tweeting out a bunch of things, saying, oh, I hate Joe Biden. He's doing this wrong. I want Mayor Garland to act. I want this. I want that. But none of them have ever registered a voter in their life. Don't talk to me, okay? If you don't want to work to fix the problem, you are the problem. Mm. So get out there, get on the ground, register some voters, knock on some doors, and get shit done. And stop complaining so much. Because the complaints are only going to become worse if you don't do anything. Action. 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 Aaron, I like it. That's my rant tonight. Yeah, it's important. And as young people, we understand it is our future on the line. When we're talking about climate issues, that is not the only existential threat to our future. So our voting rights, if we don't get them passed, we have a democracy that we want to inherit. And we have to make sure we can, right? So these are both two actions that greatly affect our future. So we need to turn out like they do, right? We need to organize like they do. And yep. we need to get involved like they do because they do affect us. And that and, is important. And if anyone out there is listening and wants to get involved, young, old, I don't care, DM me. Yep. I, I, will, Reach I, out. Re I read all my DMs, even if I don't respond to some of them because they are- Some short. of them are mean. <laughs> I, some of them are mean. I don't respond. But I read every single DM I get, including every DM that says like sensitive content or whatever, because sometimes things get filtered out or whatnot. I read everything. If you or a loved one or a friend or anyone wants to get involved, I don't care where you are in the country, I will find an organization for you to get involved with. I will find an organization for you to donate to. I will spend my time and do that for you. You just have because to we promise need, we need me to work together. that you will actually work and you will actually do it. So reach out to me, DM me, and I'll help you. That's Just, just do it though, please. Aaron, what are we going to do? We're going to get shit done. We're going to work. Gonna shit done. We're going to get shit done. And that, you know, with that, we've we've hit a lot of stuff. We've hit the headlines. We have hit apparently somewhere in Aaron's heart. I love seeing this. This is fantastic. This is the energy that we need to bring into 2022. We're in 2022 now. Let's act like it. Yep. Let's get energized. Let's get active. And that was the headlines. That was a lot. I'm, I'm excited, Aaron. You've got me hyped. You've got me hyped as well for Tweets of the Week. Let's get into it. Our next sponsor is HelloFresh. So what is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. 
Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's the number one meal kit in America. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so you get convenience without skipping on quality. Skip trips to the grocery store and save yourself time and money and don't waste money on excess food. And you know, Jack, I, I've been using HelloFresh and let me tell you, it was one of the easiest things. You just get a box in the mail and you get to, they have all the ingredients ready for you. Uh, you just cook it up and it's a great meal. It's fresh food every time. And for someone who like me, who's a young person, who uh, it, it's just it's just easy. The convenience is so quick and it's so easy. Like I don't have to go worry about going to the grocery store. I don't have to worry about thinking about recipe for the night. And it just, it makes someone like me who does not a cook, it makes it so much easier. It's so, a lot better, yeah. HelloFresh yes. offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your online order as well, or you can do it in the app. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size. Or skip a week whenever you need to. It's, it's awesome. Flexibility is great. Everything that you need is there. So go to HelloFresh.com slash ZoomedIn16 and use code ZoomedIn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Yeah, so that is HelloFresh.com slash ZoomedIn16. And now it's time for Tweets of the Week. Our first tweet of the week comes from our own Brett Mycellus. Brett says, if you're drinking your own pee to try to cure COVID, you're in trouble. That's True. perfect. I, we, we talked about this earlier. Republicans will literally do anything besides get vaccinated. That includes horse dewormer. That includes whatever Joe Rogan's telling them to. And I guess grossly, that includes drinking their own pee. Ugh. And Jack, the next tweet I have, it's, part, it's one part of Stacey Abrams' statement from today um, about the Voting Rights Act. And she said, the president deeply understands that Congress must pass the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act by whatever legislative means necessary, including by reforming or eliminating the Senate filibuster. Stacey Abrams is fully on board, supports the president. And these groups that we talked about earlier better get behind too. Okay. Whatever Stacey Abrams says goes. That's like my general rule for life. I maybe not like if, if she said, hey, go out and drink urine, I maybe not be on board with that. But pretty much anything Stacey Abrams <laughs> says, I am good with. And our final tweet comes from Josh Rillamard, who is running against Madison Cawthorn in North Carolina. Josh says, I'm old enough to remember when Madison Cawthorn lied about, lied about getting an appointment to the Naval Academy. As a veteran who served this nation, stolen valor pisses me off. Hey, man, I'm, I'm Team Josh. I'm on board with that. Cawthorn has got to go. I don't like lies from him. I especially don't like lies about stolen valor. And that, my friends, is Tweets of the Week. And that is our show. Thank you so much to Midas Touch for making this podcast happen every week. Thank you so much to Adam Sultan for editing this podcast every week. And thank you so much to the Zoomed In listeners who make this happen. Our family is growing every week and we appreciate y'all so much. So please, if you enjoy the show, tell a friend about it, tweet about it, share about it in any way that you want to. We appreciate it so much. And if you want to talk to us maybe about how you like the show, or if you want to get in contact with Aaron and I so we can help you find some great organizations that are fighting for democracy. Aaron, where can the people find you? 
at Aaron Parnas, all social media. What about you, Jack? You can find me at JD Cacciarella on Twitter. That's J-D-C-O-C-C-H-I-A-R-E-L-L-A. Or you can find me at Jack Cacciarella on TikTok. Aaron, this was an awesome show. I am looking forward to more in 2022. Again, thank you so much to all the Zoomed In listeners. If you like the show, please subscribe, leave us a review. We appreciate you all so much. Thank you. Zooming in.